to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. Uh, a series where pastor began talking about walking the path God has for us. Isn't that important? Don't you want to do that? And we're not going to go very far from that tonight. We're going to build on that. Uh, a very important foundation that we heard last week. And we're going to talk about principle of the path. We're going to talk about the principle of the path. And uh, if you're a note taker, you're, you're, you're not going to need three or four pages. You're only going to need about half of, of one page for what we're going to talk about tonight, because it's not going very deep. But let me just say at the beginning of this, as we start our time together, we're going to take a little survey, and I don't want you to be nervous. I don't want you to be shy about this survey. I want you to be upfront and honest, and if you're not, if you're sitting by your spouse, please elbow them and tell them to quit lying in church. I want to know how many of you are bad with directions. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't, don't lie about it. Just raise your hand if you're, if you're horrible with directions and you're horrible with making it to places, even with a map. How many has a GPS in your car and you still can't figure it out the day you got it out of the box? Yeah, it's worthless. I have one. I think we used it one time, and we turned it on and couldn't figure out how to get past the English part, and then we, just, we, we gave up and put it back in the box. But let me tell you something. I, I am, I'll admit this, and I am pretty good with directions. I know you're not supposed to brag about yourself, especially in the pulpit, but... I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on where I'm going when I get behind the wheel. I think my wife would back me up. Now, speaking of my wife, there, uh, uh, it's a little different when, when I bring her up. She's, well, let me just say this. She's smart. She's very smart. She's absolutely beautiful. And she doesn't, I don't think she can make it out of the parking lot tonight if I don't help her out of the park. That's a bad start. Let me start over. That's a horror. You weren't supposed to do that. Let me tell you about the grace of God. Let me tell you how good God is. You ready for this? He's so good that he doesn't pair people together that don't know how to take directions. Let me just say this. If you are sitting and you are, you're by your spouse and you're married in this house right now, you don't have to tell me. If one of you are terrible with directions and terrible at navigating, you don't have to tell me about your spouse. That means they're good at it. Because God does not put people together that can't get out of the parking lot. That's just how good God is. Matter of fact, let me just say this. If you're dating and you're single in the house tonight and you're looking to find a spouse, you need to find out if you're the lost kind or you're the unlost kind, and you need to find someone that's unlike you because that is probably your soulmate. If you're with someone that is as good as you are, you're probably not supposed to be together. Someone else is lost right now because they weren't with them. Here's what I believe. I don't think that all you bad people would have terrible directions and terrible uh, uh, internal navigation. 
that you mean to get lost. I don't believe that. I, I think you try, even though when I'm on the phone, and I'll, my mom most of the time when she's trying to get to Austin or if I was living in other places, I would try to tell her how to get here, and I'd have to take the phone away from my ear and go, what in the world? She's not even trying. She's not paying attention. This is unbelievable. But I do believe that typically most people don't intend on getting lost. As a matter of fact, you don't know you're lost until... You're lost. There's no like in between of I'm, I've, I'm getting lost right now. I feel like I'm getting lost. You don't get lost. There's not like this, uh, like this, this last turn, like I felt like I was getting lost back there. Yeah, I'm confident now that I'm lost. There's none of that. There's, there's no line to lost. There's no line to it. There's not like you can get to the line and pass it and back up. If I could just back up 100 yards, I wouldn't be lost. I would be found again. And here's the crazy thing about getting lost, and maybe you're this way, but I tend to, to go a little faster. Like somehow driving faster is going to help me become found faster. When I'm lost, I start taking curves more confidently, and I, I, know, I, I know it's just around the corner. No idea how it happens, but it does happen. We get lost. And there is, this is where, if you're like me, you, you just do crazy things and you start speeding up and you start trying everything you can to find where your bearings or find where you, you went wrong. And this revelation hits us every single time we, we realize and have this revelation of we're getting lost. We have this revelation of I'm on the wrong road. I'm on the wrong road. And how many knows why that is? Let me tell you. Because we all know wherever the road, whatever road you're on determines where you end up. So this is the point that if you're a note taker, you might want to jump on board right now. Because that's probably as good as it's going to get. Whenever and whatever road you're on, whether it be a path or a trail or driving, doesn't matter. Ultimately, you will end up where that path takes you. You don't end up all the time, where you intend to go, amen? And here's why. Because the path determines your destination. Most of us are very, very, very aware of this. And yes, you're going to have to get better than that. And hopefully I can get a little better than that. That's pretty basic stuff. But there's some, there's some obvious things. There's, there's some obvious things that jump out to us, especially in traveling paths, especially with geography. It comes natural to us. We understand that the path we're on leads us somewhere. And, but when it comes to the rest of our lives, like our financial lives like our dating lives, our married lives, or the way that we raise our kids, or our jobs, or whatever it is, the same principle applies, and I want to declare that to you. It's this path principle that we're going to talk about, and here's the simple answer for the path principle. Your direction determines your destination. Your direction determines your destination, and in a world... Of driving, we absolutely know that is essential. You have to be on the right road to get to your destination. Everybody say amen. amen. Let me give you an example. If you were tonight to go home, and I, boy, this would be nice, wouldn't it? And load up all your shorts and tank tops, and I want to go on, I want to go on record. I don't have any tank tops. Um, and you were to put those in a suitcase, and you were to load up that car, and you were to jump in that car and say, baby, we're going to Florida. We've been praying about this. We've been saving money for this. We're going to Florida. So you jump on I-35, and you head north as fast as you can go. 
You're never going to get to Florida if you get on I-35. I don't care how fast you drive. You can drive 200 miles an hour. Well, first of all, it's impossible, especially downtown Austin. Maybe 20 miles an hour. If you go north on I-35, it doesn't matter how much clothes you packed up for this vacation. It doesn't matter how much money you have in your back pocket. It doesn't matter if you even told your neighbors and friends, everybody in the neighborhood, look at us. Aren't you jealous? We're headed to Florida. If you get on I-35 going north, you will never get to Florida. You may have had a prayer in the car, traveling mercies. God, keep your hand upon us as we make our way to Florida on I-35 North. It's pretty obvious, kind of silly, I know. But here's the interesting and the fascinating point that I want to make. In the world of hiking or driving, well, this, this is so clear to us. However, there's a total disconnect when it comes to this particular principle in other areas of our life. For example, the the principle of the path applies to our financial lives just as much as it does our driving life. This principle applies to our marriages just as much as it does any area of our life. If you're married, you're on a marriage path. You're on a marriage path. It, it applies to the path. This, this principle applies to your path that you're on. If you're dating, if there's someone in the house tonight, you're not married, but you're dating, you have a dating path. You have a way of thinking about this. Maybe you are out of a relationship that went on for a long time and you're back in that chaotic world and complex world of dating after being married. It's an absolute truth that you are on a path in every area of your life. It's true even in your profession. You are on a path. It's true in terms of your health. Yeah, you knew it was coming. You're on a path. And the principle of the path applies to every one of these paths. If the principle is true for one thing, it's got to be true for all of them. Health, finances, profession, marriage, whatever it might be, it remains true that your direction, not not just your intention, determines your destination. You can have all the intentions in the world, but if your direction is wrong, it does not matter. It doesn't matter what your hopes are. It doesn't matter what your dreams are. It doesn't even matter how much you pray or how much you believe. Your direction ultimately, ultimately determines your destination. And we're all in this together. No matter what stage of life, no matter how much money you have, we're all victims Or we're all participants of the principle of the path. And here's why it's so important to us. Because I think you would agree that there seems to be this huge disconnect when it comes to people and how they live their life or where they want to end up and the path that they choose. So we're going to talk about it for a few minutes. And I'm going to use an example. And in in working in church ministry, I, I visit with so many people that have financial crisis and their lives are turned upside down and marriages fall apart and I listen to them tell their story and you you've experienced this with your friends and family they come to you and they begin to tell you their story they begin to explain to you how they ended up where they were what path they took and you want to scream out to them it's so obvious by the path that you have taken you have wound up where you are what did you expect But there's this contrast between our hopes. We didn't want to end up there. My dream was to never drive that minivan. I didn't want that minivan. I wanted a Porsche. 
my dreams were to never to end up in this situation, but I chose a path that led me here. And you know what? Every single time we take a path, that path has a destination. That path leads us somewhere. That's the principle of the path. Now, I'm brokenhearted. I'm angry with God. And I'm blaming everybody but myself. I have no hope. And I had no idea that I would ever end up where I am. And it's all because we went down a path. And let me tell you this. Our intentions, we think, we hope, we dream, and somehow hoping to trump the path that we're on, hoping to trump the decisions that we make on a daily basis. But the truth of the principle of the path is this, and you need to know this. There's no way that our ideas, our intentions, our hope can trump this, this incredible truth. That direction that we choose that determines our destiny is absolutely true no matter who you are. Now I want to look at this a little bit closer and I want to bring to your attention a scripture that we're going to look at in Proverbs chapter 7. I'll give you time to turn there. There's an interesting story that I want to bring out to you just for a few moments. It's a story about all kinds of paths and we could have used so many different scriptures for this tonight but I want to use this particular one because I think it, it talks about a specific path that it definitely will not fit everyone in this building but it also illustrates the principle of the path very well and that's why I want to talk about it. First of all, you need to know that this scripture was written by the wisest man in the world named Solomon. That's kind of an interesting point to start off with. You might want to perk up and listen to this guy. He's got something to say. And let me set the stage for you. He's standing outside a window. He's looking down a street. And he sees this guy walking down the street. And he realizes something about this guy. He sees this man's outcome or this guy's journey before this guy does. And now this has happened to all of us at some point. Many of us have drove up to intersections in our, in our lifetime. And we've sat there and seen two cars. One, not, you know they don't see this car coming. And they go to pull out. And you see this, 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 this situation even before it happens. And you cry out, oh, God, here, here it comes. Oh, and they hit. And this for a moment, you, had, you were kind of like God. You saw their destiny before it happened. And every once in a while, we get this snapshot of a destiny coming, uh, coming to pass or seeing it before it ends up happening. And that's exactly what's happening in this scripture when Solomon begins to navigate or narrate this kid's journey that we're going to look at in our illustration. Every path has a destiny, and this man points it out in Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 6. He says this, At the window of my house, I looked out through the lattice. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men a, a youth who lacked judgment, a youth who lacked judgment. Now, here's a lesson I'm not going to spend much time on, but you need to know this, that all youth, youths, lack judgment. And it's not because there's something wrong with them, but it's because they don't have the time and the experience of people that are older than them. None of us had time and experience when we were younger. So consequently, because of the lack of the time and the experience, they don't have judgment. And that's what Solomon is pointing out here, that this young man doesn't have judgment. He doesn't perceive to know what's going on around him. Now, let me say this. If there's any uh, uh, teenagers in the house tonight, now, you may, may disagree with that because you look at your parents and you look at some of their photos or you even look at their clothes they have on tonight and you might say, uh, you're wearing that? Your hair is looking like that? And you're calling me someone without judgment? Uh, I think, OMG, I think uh, you're the one without the judgment. 
But let me tell the teenager something in this house. Your parents have something you don't have, time and experience. And that lends itself to better judgment. It lends itself to better judgment. Parents, you should say amen to that. So Solomon's looking at this young man, and he's saying to him, he looks nice. He's probably a nice guy. He looks like he has it all together. He's a cool guy, whatever. But he doesn't have the judgment that he needs, and consequently, he lacks the experience. And so verse 8, he starts again. He says, he was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house. At twilight, as the day was fading and the dark of night set in, Now, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to figure out what we're about to talk about or what's happening in this story. Let me set the stage for you. Here's an interesting story of this young man that's walking down the street, and Solomon is viewing him out the window. The sun's going down. He's heading toward this woman's house, so we're going to find out in a few moments that he already knows who she is. And in the back of his mind, he has the soundtrack playing, probably something like Born to be Wild. Or whatever music you listened to when you were younger. In the back of his mind, this is going to be the greatest night of his life. He's excited. He's going for it. Meanwhile, there's an older gray-haired man looking out a window down the street watching this happen. And the soundtrack playing in this older man's wiser man, more uh, experience in time. There's a soundtrack playing in his head a lot like uh, the Jaws theme song. Meanwhile, there's this huge contrast, a huge contrast. Read it for yourself. This older man is looking out this window because he understands the principle of the path. The kid thinks it's all about an exciting event that's taking place in his life. It's just a choice, but the wiser older man is saying to him, it's not an event, young man, it's a path. It's not an event. It's a path, and every path has a destination. And this is a path with a very predictable destination. You need to hear the old wise man. The story continues in verse 10. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute, and with a crafty intent. She's loud and and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the square, at every corner she lurks. She took hold of him and kissed him. And with a brazen face, she said, I have fellowship. I have fellowship offerings at home. Now, that means absolutely nothing to us, except that's pretty funny. I have fellowship offerings at home. Let me just go ahead and clear the air. What she's saying to this young man is, I'm not a prostitute. I have plenty of money. I'm not what you think I am. I'm not after your money. And she says this. It's also very odd. Right after this, she says, Today I have fulfilled my vows. And again, means nothing to us except what she's saying is, I've been to the temple today. I got everything squared away with God. What I did was I took all my bucket of sin, all this sin that's falling out of my bucket, and I took it to church with me today. And I walked into the temple and I put it up on the altar and I spread it out before the altar and I, I offered a sacrifice and killed an animal and God forgave me. So I'm carrying back an empty bucket today back to my home. It's empty and I'm coming home to fill it up again, hopefully with you. 
Now, it's easy for us to judge this, but at some point in our life, each and every one of us have played this game. Every one of us have come in, and God, forgive me, and we went through the rigmarole of 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins, he's faithful and just. Boy, we preach that. I believe that, except we use it as some sort of a leverage against God, as an insult to God, asking him to forgive us, and then going back with an empty bucket and say, fill me up again. And this is exactly what the system that this young lady is using, playing with God and playing with this idea that I'm ready to fill my bucket up. She says something three times in our next verse, and I want you to see if you can catch it in verse 15. So I came out to meet you. So I came out to meet you. Not just anyone. I'm coming to look for you. I look for you, and I have found you. And this guy is thinking, oh, my God. Dude, I was just hoping to see her. And now I've seen her and she's been looking for me this whole time. I'm better than I thought I was. I'm more awesome than I ever dreamed I ever could be. How could I be so selfish with myself? I have to give the world more. I'm so special. I'm one of a kind. I'm the man of her dreams. She's been looking for me all this time. We've been looking for each other. This is the stuff movies are made of. He goes looking. She goes looking. They find each other. This is unbelievable. I thought I would just come down here, but my goodness, you've been looking for me. And the soundtrack gets louder. It gets louder. It gets louder. Born to be wild. This is the greatest night of his life. Verse 16. She speaks up. I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deep of the love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. He's thinking, oh my, oh my God, this is, this is everything I've ever dreamed of. This is amazing. When I woke up this morning, I could have never dreamed that this kind of, this kind of situation would happen. This is everything I've been wanting. Verse 19 continues, he said, he has gone a long day journey. My hu- First of all, I'm sorry, excuse me, I skipped 19. My husband is not home. Well, I was assuming that since you were out here inviting me to come home with you. Verse 19 continues. He has gone a long day's journey, which means, hey, you don't have to worry. This don't have to be anything you have to worry about. He's going to be gone a long time. This is better than you think. It's going to be better than you expected. You don't have to rush off. Verse 20, he took his purse. And don't let that mess you up. I mean, but it would explain maybe why their marriage was suffering. But I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. It may have been a man bag. And they carry that man bag. So he took his man bag filled with money. And then she says that he won't be home until full moon. What I'm trying to say is, is he's going to be gone for a long time. You, you could even probably move in here. This, is, this could get serious quick. This is, you can, he's going to be, verse 21. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once, she followed, all at once, he followed her. 
he's thinking, I, I'm a celebrity. I don't, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a movie star. This is the ultimate. This is a dream come true. This is a great thing for me. This is an event that I'm going to talk about with my friends and family for a long time to come. It's everything I've been looking for. And the wise old man speaks up. The wise old man looking out the window, seeing all this happen. All at once, he followed her, he says in verse 22. Like an ox going to the slaughter. No, 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 no. No, no, not like an ox going to the slaughter. Like an awesome guy walking into a nightclub that's got everything going for him. Not like an ox with a slaughter. You don't even hear the soundtrack of my life right now. You don't even know what's happening between us. You don't know us. This is the real deal. How can these two people in this story, in this particular uh, 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 story of, that Solomon is writing about, be so opposite of each other? Solomon says, no, it's, it's, it's a lot like an ox going to the slaughter. And he says, how about, if, that, if that's not good enough for you, he goes on in verse 23, he says, how about like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver? It's a graphic scene. He paints a picture of a deer finding a nice area to, uh, to nestle down, and he thinks all is well, but he steps into, he steps into a trap, and he's try, the, the, the deer is trying to get her leg out, and she can't get it out. And the more she fights and the more she fights, the tighter it gets and the more secure it becomes until out of her peripheral view, she sees the hunter step out and begin to load her full of arrows until she is dead. That's the story that he tells. And if that's not enough, he goes on, he says, And like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing that it will cost him his life. No, you've got this all wrong, Solomon. I know you think you're the smartest guy in the world, but you're raining on my parade. This is just a date. This is just an event. Solomon says, no, it's not. It's a path. No, it's not. It's a path. You're focused on what you're doing right now. I'm up here in the window looking out at you. I'm trying to help you find out and help you point you in the right direction of where you're headed for eternity. Focus on, you're focused on the immediate right now, but I'm focused on the ultimate for your life. You're focused on the here and now, and I'm focused on your tomorrow. Two contrasting perspectives on the same event. Then Solomon pulls out of the narrative and he starts addressing you and me that are reading the story. And, and he says this in verse 24. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. 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 And he says it again. Pay attention to what I say. He's not talking to this guy anymore. He's talking to us. And he says this. As if we were going to get caught up in this story and it's kind of funny and it's kind of weird and we're all like, ah. Uh, and he says... I don't want you to back out of this story too quickly and say, shame on you, or I would never do that. And all the ladies in the house go, boy, she's unbelievable. This woman's disgusting. And he says, listen to me. There's a, there's a lesson to be learned here outside of just what's happening. Don't take yourself out of the equation too quick. Listen to the lesson that's being learned here in verse 25. Do not let your heart turn her ways or stray into her paths. Paths? It's a date. It's not a path. No, it's a path. I just went to her house. It was just an event. No. No, it's a path. No, it's a path. Verse 26 says, Many, many, many are the victims she has brought down. Buddy, I hate to break it to you, but this is not a unique situation. 
I know you're saying that you've never felt this way before, but a lot of people have. And you're thinking to yourself that you're, you're, you're unique or you're special or this is some soulmate that you have found for your life. And Solomon is having to hold back laughter and say, you're a fool. You're a fool. You're so common. This is a path. How could you miss it? It's so obvious. It's a path. You're being deceived into thinking this is some great, unique experience. Many, many are those she has brought down or she has slain. uh, All are, are the many are mighty throng. Her slain are a mighty throng. In other words, buddy, you're a part of a crowd. You're not, you're not a special individual. Lots of people have done this, not necessarily with her, but this scenario, going into this relationship with this married woman whose husband is gone is a common thing. It's a common place. It's a broad road. It's a path. And you are so predictable. You're on a path and every path that has a, distra- has a destination and your destination is so predictable right now. I can see what's going to happen to you even before it happens. You're an ox being led to the slaughter. You're like a deer being shot full of arrows. You're like a bird in a snare. That's pretty judgmental. How in the world could you possibly know that? It's not being judgmental, young man. It's predictable. It's a path with a destination. In verse 27, it continues, Her house is a highway. Her house is a highway. It's a four-lane HOV. It's a double-decker. How in the world could you possibly miss this? People have driven down this road. Don't think, it's, don't think you're something special. Don't think it's a unique experience. Her house is a highway to the grave. Her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. Wow. Wow. How many of you knew exactly where we were going when this story started? Isn't it amazing? We can see it on others so easily. It's so easy for us to see it on everybody else. Maybe some of you have taken, gone to counseling, and I recommend it, definitely. But many times in counseling, you'll be talking and you'll be sharing and you'll be talking about the things that are going on in your life and what's led you there. And the therapist can interrupt you at any point and take over the conversation and say, uh... Let me, let me, did you feel this way? Yes. Okay. Did he say this? Yes. What did she do? She did, um, you're amazing. You're the smartest person I have ever met. And the therapist, why is she saying, or he's saying, this is, I've only heard this story eight million times. The lady that just left or the man that just left from here just a few minutes ago had the exact story. It's so predictable. It's not unique. It's a path. It's a highway. It's a crowded highway. We get to choose what path, either for good or for evil. And here's what I can't live with, and here's what you can't live with. We can't live with the disconnect of what the world hands over to us when they say, as long as my intentions are good, As long as my intentions are positive, as long as I want to end up somewhere good, it doesn't really matter which path that I take. You could not be more wrong. It matters. You will not end up where you want to end up and take the wrong path. It will not happen. At the end of your day, the path trumps your good intentions. At the end of the day, 
your path trumps your good intentions. This kid had the right idea. He was trying to find someone. He, he thought he had it all worked out in his head. The wise man says, no, you don't have it all worked out in your head. You're an ox to the slaughter. You got it all wrong. It's, it's just an experience. You don't understand. Solomon, you, you're too old for this. You don't understand my needs. You don't understand where I'm coming from on this. I got this. It's just a date. No, it's a path. It's a path. I wish it wasn't, but it is. It's just a path. I've got a little test for you. It's to kind of get you thinking about some of the disconnects that we... And these are so obvious. I don't, I don't profess to be a profound preacher. Good thing. But I have a couple of things I want to throw out to you to get you thinking. You don't have to run the aisle. You just start thinking about these things. I want to end up with a great Christian guy who really has his act together and he serves God and he, he, he knows how to treat a woman and he, he, he's a good person and he comes to church. And, but here's how I plan to do this. I, I'm going to date every person that asks me out as long as they're cute. I mean, I have standards as long as he's cute. I think this is going to work. No, it, it, it won't work. Because no path, the, the, the path trumps the intention. You have a good intention. You want to find someone that's going to take care of you and your family and you're going to be a, a great husband, but, but your path is wrong. Number two, I want our family to be a strong unit. I, I want to vacation together. I want to spend a lot of time together. I want us to have good time and go places and do things and, and be a close-knit family and spend a lot of time together. And here's how I plan on doing this. I'm going to work as many hours as I possibly can and be a workaholic. Well, your, your intentions were good, but your path is messed up. And I'm sorry to tell you that path trumps intention. Direction determines destination. Number three, I want my kids to respect me. I want my kids to listen to me. I want, uh, I want when I have gray hair for them to come to me with their questions and not go to their weird friends and ask things from them. I want them to come directly to me. I want to be the statesman of my family. And for everyone around me, they can come to me and I can sit on a big throne and they can come and hear my wisdom. But how I intend on achieving this is, is being unfaithful to their mother. You won't get there. That path will not take you there. I know this seems so silly, but many people are usually left trying to put the pieces together, figuring out, how did I get right here? What happened? Someone help me. Explain to me. I wanted all these things. My intentions were not to be here. My intentions were to look so different. However, I find myself surrounded. What path were you on? I know, it's kind of heavy. But let me finish this story about the kid, just in case we have some guys in here that think that this is okay. The path that we read about, that this young man took, every single time it leads to an absolute devastating end, without, without, without exception. Every time you take this kind of path that we read about with this young man, it, it, it leads to a destination of brokenness, 
every single time. It's a highway, as a matter of fact. And it doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't even matter how good-looking you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Every single time you get on I-35 and go north, you never get, 100% of the time, you never get to Florida. You need to know that. Because many times, we think we're special. It won't happen to me. I better get off of that. Number four, I want to grow old for my kids and my grandkids so I can spend time with them and I can teach them the Bible and I can be a great grandfather to them, but I'm not going to take care of my body. Great idea, great, great, great thought, but, but your path is a little... I want to lose weight and be thin and, yes, supersize that. <laughs> a little food for thought. I want a great relationship with my husband. I'm going to absolutely uh, do everything in my power to make that happen. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to prioritize my children over him. I'm going to prioritize my kids over him. And you're going to wind up in a counseling office trying to figure out what path led you to where you're at. It doesn't matter how many counseling sessions you go to. It doesn't matter how many books you buy. It doesn't matter what your intentions are. If you choose that path, if you say, I'm putting my kids over my husband, then what's going to happen is you're going to have an intended uh, 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 end that will forever be that end that God has set in place that says this, direction determines destination, not intention. God put that in order. Unfortunately, you can't pray your way out of it. You've got to get off that path. You can't go to church long enough and stay on that same path and it turn out to a different destination. You have to change your geography. I know you get the point. I'm kind of belaboring the point. But here's, here's the question for us. Here's the one we all hate, especially me. I, I almost took it out of the notes because I just didn't want to say it. When it comes to our finances... I want, to be, I want to be completely financially secure. I want to wake up one day and not have to worry about, you know, bills and taking care of my family. I, I, this is what I, I desire this. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to get as many credit cards as I possibly can and take on as much consumer debt as I possibly can, that can and just keep maxing them out and just pay the minimum on them every single month. You're never going to get to the destination that you're desiring. Great intention, but the path won't get you there. So the question is tonight, is for you to consider and to think about the paths you are currently on. Think about where you are. Think about these questions. Is the path I'm on going to get me to where I want to be? And in some cases, some of us have already been warned about the paths that we're on. The reason that some of us could be on a wrong path is that there's... There's someone or there's something that is on our path that is absolutely luring us and absolutely is appealing to our emotion to stay on this path. And if you love me and, and this is for real and this thing that has us emotionally wrapped up, and it is emotional, it's not rational. Because we know in our heart of hearts that this is so simple what I'm telling you about that you, you can't get on I-35 and go north, get them floor. Yeah, but we, we pretend that we can do this in every other area of our life. It may not be the kid's story that we read about tonight. 
But for you, it may be a dollar sign. It may be taking that next deal. I just got to get that next deal. I just got to get that next promotion. But, but w- w- wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is going to help you to get to where you want to be? Is this promotion really going to help you? The Bible says in this particular story that she got her hooks in his heart. She, she removed him. And the Bible says, don't let her take your heart. Don't let her steal your heart. And the reason is because we are so enamored with the wrong path sometimes. It is luring. For some reason, it's luring because we want to, we want to do all these crazy things on these different paths, thinking they're going to take us to a different location. And, this, and Solomon screams to us that you are not going to have a different result than anyone else that has ever lived and taken that path. And God says, no, it's not about the moment. It's not about the immediate. It's about... The ultimate for your life is what I'm interested in. And you can't trump the principle of the path with good intentions. And this is why we have to listen to God. And this is why we have to listen to our mamas. Because mama's always right. No. Amen? Could you imagine if it was your mom looking out that window at you walking down that road, man? God, my mom would not have been looking out the window. She would have kicked the window open halfway out. Joshua Aaron Reynolds. Stop right where you are. You're not going down this path. Path, I'm just going on a date. It's a path. This is a huge mistake you're making. You don't even know what you're talking about. It's just a night. It's just an event. Stop where you are. Think about what you're doing. It's a decision. No, it's not just a decision. It's a path. And it has a predetermined destination. And what you need to do is stop in your tracks and you need to take a moment and ask the question, is this really where I want to go? And if I continue down this path, is this really what I think is best for me and my family? For many of us, we we, we can't figure this out for ourselves. Most of the time, let me tell you how this happens. Let me tell you this plays out in our life many times. We find ourselves on the wrong path. And if you're sitting here tonight and you're like, I wonder who's on the wrong path in here. It's you. We've all been there. But let me tell you how this normally works out in our life. We can't see it on ourselves. We can see it on everybody. Oh my God, you seen that? They're headed down the wrong path, honey. They're headed down the wrong path. I see it. It's happening. I can see it right now. Where you could be on uh, uh, the wrong path in many other areas of your life. But let me tell you how this formally plays out. It usually plays out with someone in the church that you can trust or a family or a friend that comes and puts her arm around you and says, listen, I know it's none of my business. I, I know that I shouldn't be butting in, but I care about you and I, I want to see you do the right thing and I want to see you end up where your dreams and your, your, your hopes lie. And here's what I see. I see you doing some things. I see you, you going some places. I see you going down the wrong path. And then the question comes back to us. Will we listen? Will we listen? Or will we think that somehow, because of who we are, that the principle of the path will somehow escape us? That we can be moving down the wrong way 
and end up in the place that we want to end up. It will not happen. It won't happen for me, and it won't happen for you. On the flip side of this principle, and many of you that I'm preaching to tonight are sitting here saying, Oh, thank you, Jesus, that I went down the right path. I could have taken so many different ways. I could have gone so many different paths. I had a lot of options, but God so directed me, and I, take, I have taken a path that I can be proud of, a path of faithfulness year after year after year. And many of you are sitting here tonight basking in the destination of being faithful and seeing the blessing of God on your life. Some of you have, have forgiven people you weren't supposed to forgive, that nobody forgives, that you were hurt or you were abused and you forgave, and now you're reaping the harvest of that path of forgiveness and the grace of God that you've allowed to be appropriated in your heart. It's not because of a decision. It's because of a path that you took. It's because you said, listen, I'm not going down that path of bitterness and, and having that hard heart towards others and having a bad spirit. I'm choosing rather to take the, the, the path of grace. Many of you are sitting here tonight enjoying the, the destination of having financial responsibility. Maybe you didn't drive the nicest cars 10, 15, 20 years ago. You didn't have the nicest clothes 10, 15, 20 years ago. But rather you said, listen, honey, we're going to go down this path. We're not going to do this. And now today you've reached the destination. Amen? That you can be proud of and you can see that God has so rewarded you for putting your hand to the plow and for having a plan and sticking to the path to a, the path that had a predetermined destination. You know if you save. You know if you take care of your finances. You know if you trust God with your finances, that path is going to lead you to blessing. And many of you experience that tonight. So here's the question. Here's the question. When you think about your own financial plan, when you think about your own financial path, when you think about your own relational plan and your spiritual path, is the path that you're currently on ultimately going to, going to take you to where you want to be. And another question, has someone recently come to you and said, check your path. Make sure you're on the right path and maybe you've ignored them. Did you think that they don't really know what they're talking about? They don't know my needs. They don't know where I'm at currently. I'm cooler than this. I'm slick enough to get out of this. Somehow, it's going to work out in my favor in the end. I know it happens to everybody else, but it's not going to happen to me. Hear me. You can't avoid this. It's a principle. It's the principle of the path. Direction determines destination. Direction, not intention, determines your destination. Every single time. I'd ask for Randy to come and play for me. As I close, I ask you another question. So what about the path that you're on? Well, how, wh wh where are you going? Truth is that we all don't, ever, uh, every one of us know what path we're going to take tonight. It's going to lead us to where we want to go. Many times we have questions about that. Sometimes you have to step out in faith. God, I'm a little insecure. I'm a little worried about this path. But I believe, here's what I truly believe, and I want to give it to you. I believe that if we'll pray, I believe if we honestly come before God and pray, and we say, God, I don't want to wake up in my 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and wherever you are. I don't want to wake up there just arriving someplace. 
But I want to choose now. I want to find the right path now. And I'm asking you to direct my life. I'm asking you to show me. I'm asking you to illuminate my heart. Show me the way. Show me the direction that I need to take. God, would you help me to know which is the right path and help me to stay on it? If it's true, and I believe it is, that direction determines destination, then it's very important to know what direction you're headed. What direction are you headed morally? What direction are you headed currently in your marriage? What direction are you currently going in your finances? What are the paths that you have chosen? And is this the moment? Could this be the moment that God is allowing me? It is for me, I'll just tell you. For God to tap me and to tap you on the shoulder and to put our arm around you and say, listen, paths matter. Paths lead to destinations every single time. And in this moment, there's somebody in this house that maybe needs to make some corrections in your course. You need to turn around. You need to make a detour. You need to take your directions and you need to go a different way. Some of you sat tonight breathing a sigh of relief because the paths that you've taken have led you to right where you knew God wanted you to go. For some, you're just now starting to see some pretty unpleasant things in your life of some destinations that you've arrived at because of some paths that you took in your past. You've blamed everybody. You've blamed God. You're mad at God. Maybe you have no idea what path you're on tonight. Maybe you have no idea. Maybe in some areas of your life you do, but in others you have no clue. Here's what I pray. Here's what I pray. I pray that God would illuminate our hearts. The Bible says that the word would be a lamp unto our feet and it would be a light unto our path. I pray that that happens tonight. This is not a pleasant thing to explore, to get honest and get confession going in your life and saying, God, make me aware of the things that I need to change in my life, the paths that I'm taking. God, I know they just seem like decisions, but God, they lead somewhere. And I want to be honest enough, God, and truthful enough because I care about myself, I care about my family, I care about my soul. And I know it matters. That's what I pray. I pray that would be your prayer tonight, that your heart would be illuminated. The smartest man in the world, Solomon, also wrote, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not upon thine own understanding. But in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. The same guy that wrote the story that he looked out and saw the young making all the bad decisions... And he says, it's not just a decision, son. It's not just an experience. It's a path. said, if you'll pray, if you'll trust God, and you'll not try to do it on yourself. The smartest man in the world said, I'm not smart enough to choose my own path without God's grace, without God's hand being on my life, guiding me and directing me and putting me on the direct path that I need to be on. That's what he said. Stand with me. Here's what my prayer would be. 
that each and every one of us, each and every one of us would find the path that God has for us. Isn't that our prayer? Isn't that what you pray every day? God, I want your will for my life. Same thing, same thing. It's the same thing. God, I want your will for my life. God, I don't want to just make my own decisions without including you into the decision of today. I want to get on the right path in every area of my life because I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the principle of the path is right. It's direction. Everybody say it's direction. Not intentions that determine my destination. I know you want to go to heaven. I believe you're going. You wouldn't be here tonight if you weren't on a path to try to make heaven your home. You wouldn't be here. But folks, this goes beyond just driving out of the parking lot tonight or driving to Florida. This is in every area of our life. Why don't you lift up your hands? Why don't we tell God to examine our hearts, Lord? I don't want to go my own way. Left to my own devices, Lord, there's there's no telling what kind of mess and what kind of path that I could take. God, don't allow me to be allured by the things of this world. Don't allow me, God, to be distracted. Don't allow me, oh God, to let the path of my life grow dark. Let the light of your word be illuminating to my path. Let there be clarity that would come to us. Let us be honest with ourselves, honest with the path that we're on. Help us, God, to pray every day. God, that your hand would be upon us. Help us to be plotters. Help us to be steady in everything that we do. And help us, God, to enjoy the destination that you've called us to. God, you said you're not willing that any should perish, but all should come unto repentance. God, that's a path. That's a path. Help us to get in that path and get on that path and stay there. God, the ultimate destination for every one of us is to make heaven our home. I pray, God, that we'll make every decision, that we'll make every wrong thing in our heart right, not allowing selfish ambition, God, to keep us back from the path that we need to be on. Creating us, oh God, a clean heart, renew a right spirit within us. Let our path, that God, be the path that you want us to have and be on. For our families, for our marriages, for every aspect of our life, for our finances, for our careers. God, we listen. We listen. We put our ear to the Spirit. God, we want to hear what you have to say to us. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to help us to be sensitive, God, to those around us that we love and care about, Lord, that we can put our arm around them in confidence. God, that we can live a life, God, of example in front of them, Lord, that we would earn their respect to be able to speak into their life. God, and we could tell them the path that they're on doesn't lead them the way they need to go. God, and let our families be sensitive. Let our families, God, feel the love and the compassion that we have for them when we talk to them this week. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen and amen. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.